Welcome back to another edition of HBCU Hour, Episode 3, Make It Last Forever. Good evening, everybody. We got Miss Love back with us tonight. We got Mr. Petty Murphy, and we got Daniel D. Williams. He, he's popping in and out, but we got him with us tonight. Uh, first of all, good evening, everybody. How is everyone this evening? What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? Hey, 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 let's get into it. So first thing, first thing, spring games have been going on uh, across all HBCUs. Uh, we, we've posted dates and stuff. We got uh, a bunch coming up this weekend, including Jackson State being the first HBCU to be televised by ESPN. Uh, they will be on the 24th. Um, you know, Alabama State is Saturday. Uh, and, of course, there are a few others. Um but one thing that has been a trend going on in HBCUs is H is spring game attendance has been up. Um, and that doesn't just stop at spring games. Uh, looks like attendance for the regular season itself has been up. Uh, thoughts? You say thoughts? Yes, yes. Tell me your I thoughts. Mean, as far as the spring game. It's not just attendance, right? It's just engagement, period. And I just feel like um, we had a whole debate, y'all. <laughs> a whole debate about who started the whole trend and da 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 And, you know, people that's been around Sweat for a long time, you know, we know ain't nobody really just been, you know, fooling with the spring game, except for just like the faithful, faithful few, you know? And this year, everybody is just having this just amazing events across the board. I mean, they got they they advertising and marketing together. I mean, it's just been a beautiful thing. You know, most of the schools who um, had games, they were uh, live streamed or whatever. You know, ours was on HBCU League Pass. Some of them did it on Facebook. But the thing, the thing, what I'm really trying to get say is that they there was a. Um, a demand to see what was going on with our spring game. So that that is like that's the first time ever. And to me, what actually started that was when Hugh Jackson was on the pivot and he was like, I'm gonna challenge y'all to come to the spring game. And it was just like then after that it just it just took off. Cause then we had signing day and just the internet was crazy. See we forget about how crazy signing day was. But it was just, it was all over the place. And then, you know, spring games started rolling out. And you could tell, like, the, the fans was like, okay, y'all, how can I watch the game? And the people that didn't have their stuff, you know, together, because it was some, they kind of did get called out on it. So, you know, we, we all making each other better, you know. And before before you go, Ant, uh, I just want to bring up League Pass, uh, what Ms. Love already mentioned. Uh, we talked about it in the first two HB 
see you our episodes. Uh, League Pass is um, is is used to watch games. Uh, they have uh, different things about each school, uh, so it's not just the spring games. It it, it is it's going to be very valuable uh, for anyone who wants to immerse themselves in the HBCU experience. Well, uh, go ahead for your content. That's yeah, the that's the thing about it is that you that, know you've been sleeping on that. You know, you talk about the SEC network and all this stuff. There's no one. There's no one particular place that we can come and say, okay, I'm gonna watch a Grambling game, or watch a Southern game, or watch this and that. So that's what they're building. You know. Yeah, back to the spring games. I think what she just mentioned, the content. I think that's really the main thing that that came out of the spring games. Yeah, the attendance was, you know, that, that's that's never anything not to be proud of. You know what I mean? But whenever you whenever you see the pivot at Grambling spring game, when you see all the the exposure that these spring games are getting on social media and and with HBCU league pass, I think that's really where where the HBCUs are making strides because that's that's how you sell your your school to the recruits. That's how you sell your school to fans. Is you got you got to have the exposure out there, and that's how you get people excited for a spring game is by having that exposure out there for them to see the you know see the program from the inside. So I think that these schools are doing a good job of getting people excited for the for their programs and for the upcoming season by giving them that inside look, giving them that content, giving them the exposure, so they can feel like they are a part of the program. Yeah. All right. So that's important. You know, we got to bring. We only got so many HBCU grades, right? And that's another debate for another day. But you yeah. know, we gotta be. I, I, I think we're gonna get to it. <laughs> we, we're gonna get to that next. Um, but yeah, it, please it, hold on before we get to that. Please okay. Um, <laughs> one thing that, and I mentioned that is not just the spring games, regular season attendance. Um, so looking at the numbers, in 2019, Jackson State had an average of 33,000 fans. In 21, that number is up to 42,000. Southern was at 17,000 in 19. That number is up to 19,000. FAMU, 16.5 uh, in 19, that is up to 17K. In 21, Alabama and m went from... 8.8k in 2019 to 10k in 2021, and uh, Mississippi Valley State University was at 4.4k in 19, and that went up to 5.4k in 21. So attendance is 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 up is up, um, but it's not necessarily up for everyone. Uh, North Carolina A and T actually saw their attendance drop, but. North Carolina A&T also left the MEAC. Bingo, bingo. Uh, Pooh Bear, you're not supposed to say that out loud now. <laughs> hey, my, listen. My Aggie friends, they are going to be old if They probably in my inbox right now. <laughs> yeah, they, they, you know, and and speaking of the MEAC, um, Howard has decided to leave the MEAC, and they are going to follow um, in the footsteps of, uh, what, Hampton and um, – North Carolina a and and they're going to the CAA, the Colonial Athletic Association. Um, this means that the MEAC right now at this moment is only down is a down to only five teams and could possibly uh, have to dissolve. Um, I think by regulations, uh, D1 conference, you have to have six teams. Um, so at this moment, the, the options are pick up another school, um, drop to FCS or 
dissolve. And the fallout from this, um, let's get that, let's go there first before we start talking about something. The fallout from this, um, one thing I think Ant, you may have mentioned it. Um, if if this happens and, and the MEAC dissolves, that means the SWAC is the only all HBCU conference in D1. Yep. Hey, and and since you since you on that note, let me let me throw this proponent out there to y'all. We talk about how HBCUs are trendsetters, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we all know with the conference realignment and and, and you know FBS football, G, the P5s, that there's been talk of going to just four major conferences, mm-hmm. and you know, and going away from like just the 14 model team, going to like 20 teams in a conference. Why shouldn't the SWAC? take all five members and you know bring them in into the swag and make the hbcu super conference you said why shouldn't they yeah um, do you think it's a good idea the the only the only issue i would see with that is logistically um the travel costs uh because of those those you know those teams in the MEAC are, are a little bit further north uh that's the only thing I would see, I I personally like the idea. But but if you break it down into four pods, right? You know, because we got swag east, mm-hmm. that's true. Swag there you go, true. And south. Mm-hmm. And I think somebody even mentioned. I know this is a dirty uh, word to say in this context. Tennessee State, you know, also, <laughs> and that will put us back at an even uh, number of teams. So, I mean, I would like to see if there is a comprehensive plan to make that work. Right now, it's really just an idea. I'm all for growth. Um, and, you know, hopefully, whatever happens, um, we can just continue on the traje- trajectory that we're on building up on the schools. I think that they said that uh, Savannah State was in the MEAC, and they dropped it down to D2. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of different scenarios. I would... Uh, far as Howard goes, I need to see the numbers. I mean, just like you said with A&T, the attendance is down, so that means mm-hmm. that they, they made even less money. They may have saved. I think one of the reasons why they said they switched was uh, to save money. Well, you may have saved money, but you also lost money, so like, what does that look like? Um, I'm not I'm not sure. So, right. I mean, right. Um, they, they not really... I mean, you can find out different uh, kind of information about, you know, what's in the athletic foundation and da 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 Like you said, the attendance and stuff like that. But I think that they are under the impression that, and this is just not um, specific to A&T, but it's like, how are you going to do more with less, mm. right? Um, if you look at the athletic budgets of some of the teams that are in the CAA, they don't even come close. And so that's why I posed the question about, okay, well, if Howard finished so low in the MEAC, how do you even expect to compete in the CAA? And you haven't, haven't even started the process of investing in your athletic facilities and you're trying to get over a cultural pump at the school which puts academic first before athletics. Well, let me let me ask you this, Miss Love. Do you think do you think that they're looking at it like this? 
by joining the CAA, they'll have they'll get more money from that conference than they would the MEX. So then they'll by that, you know, since they'll be getting more money, they'll have more money to put into those facilities and stuff like that. More money from where? I mean, from the conference. Have you looked to see? You know, because uh, these athletic associations, they are nonprofits. So what I would say is look and see what they what their um what they look like fiscally, and just let me know. I because and then you got to think about it too. If there is some kind of revenue sharing plan that they have with adding a, two more schools, then that's even a smaller piece of the yeah. pie. Yeah, that's so, true. That's true. Uh, I can't remember who who it is that does their media over there, but um, I haven't seen anything that just jumps out at me. It's almost like they're not coming to the table with their part, but then they're trying to get what's already been built at the CAA. And I don't know, without a significant investment from them on their side, how that's going to work and how they can, you know, just even be competitive at all. I just need to see the numbers. Like it's not, it's, it's not there for me yet. Um, and I think Ms. Love, you may have mentioned it on Twitter. Cause I, I know with, when this, this story kind of came out, you were kind of hot and heavy with it. Um, <laughs> CAA, um, some of the members in the in the in that conference aren't getting paid equally now as it is. Hmm. So, and, and when I say some of the members, ah, let's put it out there: the HBCUs that came over aren't necessarily getting the same amount of revenue as as the schools that were previously there prior to the the merger. Um, so that's something else to think about. I, I mean, and it's, it, it goes to the 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 conversation that we kind of already had about. Um, should you know uh, a should the SWACs um, or any of these HBCU conferences or teams join a, a larger conference? Um, I know necessarily CAA doesn't seem like a larger conference, but you know it kind of goes to that 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 thought process of hey, if you join, maybe you know TV revenue and stuff will come around. Um, but it doesn't look like that's you know in, you know practically happening right now. That's what I'm saying. I haven't, I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the TV deal or, mm -hmm. I, I, y'all know only post stuff I can verify, right? Right. So, uh, if y'all find it, let me know so that that can br bring more light and clarity to what's going on because I haven't seen. It. Um, another option that was put out there is a uh, possible replacements uh, for Howard, bringing some more teams in. Uh, one team that was was mentioned was Chicago State. And, you know, and some people say, you know, well, hey, Chicago State's an HBCU. And then I heard a term that I thought I'd never hear. Uh, Chicago State's not an HBCU. They're a, a, a PBI, a predominantly black institution. <laughs> so <laughs> I Thought I'd never hear that term, but um, there is a difference because, you know, I know some people don't necessarily realize that, but there is a difference because I think that uh, the designation for HBCU, um, and I have to look it up, but uh, unless one of you guys know offhand, um, I think that you have to be like established before a certain time period. Uh, 
I know like uh, Mega Evers College in New York is not, it's a predominantly black institution, but it's not an HBCU. So, gotcha. and I think that's, you know. Man, so they get a little bougie with, with, the, with the terms, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, here it is. It's, um, it had to be established prior to 1965. Yeah, oh, I'm prior sorry, to, prior to 1964. Prior so, to integration. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. So. so basically, if you didn't go through the struggle, you can't get in. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. That's funny. Um, but we do have other news. Um, Alabama State got two big commitments from uh, players that were currently at Power 5 schools. Um, the Matrius Davis, he's a quarterback. He's transferring from Arbor. He's actually thought to be the successful uh, successor of uh, Bo Nix, uh, but he's transferring from Auburn to go to Alabama State. But Alabama State wasn't done. Uh, I'm going to mess this name up. But Jayon McCluster, he's a linebacker. He's transferring from Florida State, also going to Alabama State. This is something we talked about, episode one of uh, the Golden Boot. You know, building uh, – Building your 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 base or building your team with the transfer portal, um, especially at HBCUs. So, and I'll be honest, y'all. I've been trying to. I, there's a reason why I've been really, really sharing the the uh, Alabama State because I'm trying to get these other select schools to really see what's going on. They got their NIL stuff together. Now they can say what they want to say, right? But at the end of the day, if you were a kid to transfer portal, um, depending on what really went on while you were there, did you get playing time or whatever? You know, because a lot of times our, our uh, four and five stars out of, you know, their first year, they really don't get to play a lot. And these kids have kind of gotten in their, in their mode to where like, okay, no, nah, I'm not going to sit on the bench for a year. You know, and so... Now HBCUs have kind of just stepped in to where they can they can uh, fill in their gap, so those kids can continue to develop and not basically be redshirted the whole year. And then if you got your like I say your NIL together, you you gonna be able to recruit whoever you want, right? It's not gonna be you know a hard sell for you because you going all the way from uh, Houston, then you going to Auburn, then you going to Alabama State. Just, just think about that. Just even the transition that is. But they got, they got it going on over there. And uh, the Swag East gonna be something. Is to me, I would say, you know, hey, it, it's it's not gonna be an easy win over there on this on either side, really. But just looking at the talent that those schools done brought in. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm a, I'm gonna pose this question. I think we posted before. Does the transfer portal help level the playing field for HBCUs? Yeah. I think they if they yeah. utilize it correctly. JUCO. Y'all man, we got so many JUCO kids. I ain't never seen nothing like it. And I don't think we really talking about it. We talking about the top JUCO. Not just, you know, some unknown college. We talking about the uh First team, this and all American Ed and all of that kind of stuff. Look, oh, again, Alabama State. Ain't nobody talked about Myron Green in a minute. Go look him up. 
He's dope. So, <laughs> I, and, and it's funny because when we get to kind of, you know, at the end, the whole thought or, or the conversation about uh, the transfer portal uh, is going to come back up again. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, but I, I, I agree. I, I definitely think that it's, it's helping to level the playing field. Um, because if you look at the rosters of uh, Grambling, Alabama State, uh, Alabama A&M, uh, uh, Southern, um, Jackson State, Jackson State. Um, all you see is is Campbell. is, is uh, all you're seeing is 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 players that are transferring from uh, P5 schools, SEC schools, uh, <laughs> at that, and and now they're they're starting on these HB, you know, and so you you can't even look at it as a um, inferior competition anymore because if you, you know, this guy was just going up against, you know, mm-hmm. top level talent, you know, in the SEC, but he wasn't getting enough playing time. So now he's going against top level talent from the SEC right. at HBCU. So right. at this point, it's starting to be, you know, no more excuses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, look at, uh, I would say Alvin Kamara. You know, Alvin Kamara, he was at Alabama, you know, couldn't get on the field, you know, went to Tennessee. Did pretty good at Tennessee, but he made whenever he made it to the NFL, he got pretty the opportunity. Pretty you know, good. You say what? He just, <laughs> you said pretty good at Tennessee. He was phenomenal. I mean, he was, but I mean, he wasn't like a household name, you know. Well, it's because he's in Tennessee, but that's yeah, true. <laughs> that is true. But I mean, that's why I say y'all. And then you gotta think about this too. A lot of um. Three stars, they they want to come too to HBCUs, right? Because I mean, what's also happening is that some of them are actually having to go to JUCO and go that route. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just a it's a rat race right now. Yeah, it's what you stay on that D one level? Yeah, them them three stars too. Normally was was like we talked about on the first episode. Them three stars that's normally going to the Louisiana Techs and you know what I mean schools like that, hey, but those schools are getting transfers. You know what I mean. So maybe they don't have a spot. But now, like Miss Love said, instead of going to JUCO or you know instead of going to a ULM or a school like that, I'll go to Grambling. I'll go to a HBCU. And so the HBCUs are you know they benefit in both ways from the transfer portal. Right. Okay. Um, moving on. State speaking with Alabama State though. Um, Alabama State, as we know, lost a uh, basketball coach when Mo Williams uh, went to Jackson State. <laughs> so they did what anyone would do. They stole a basketball coach from another HBC. <laughs> and they went and hired uh, Tony Madlock from South Carolina State. Um, he's a Memphis native. He is, has been an assistant at Arkansas State, Utah, Auburn, Ole Miss, Memphis and he spent last year again, as we stated, at South Carolina State. Um, he also, um, I think he 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 was uh, assistant under uh, uh, Coach Kennedy, who's now at UAB. Um, when Coach Kennedy was at Ole Miss, and I think uh, when Coach Kennedy was fired, uh, Coach Matlock had to step in and, and as interim. Um, so, congratulations to him as. The new basketball coach at Alabama State. 
Uh, I know they when got I was the facilities over there, y'all. They, they're starting to build up. Yeah, they're starting to. Build. It's funny because when I was uh when I was coming up and I was in school, it was a uh, Coach Jackson was at Alabama State. It was it was I think it was, he was coaching the boys team and his wife was coaching the women's. Uh, but yeah, their Alabama State is definitely on the come up. Not only that, uh, Alabama State is not the only team to hire a new coach. Alabama and them hired Coach Hewley, Otis Hewley Jr. Um, Otis. He, this was, hey, this one's kind of personal to me. Um, coach Hewley uh, actually used to coach at my uh, high school alma mater, uh, LaFleur High School in, in, in Mobile from 2004 to 2010. Um, he was actually the coach. Uh, he started his coaching career at Wallace Community College in Selma. Uh, he coached there from 93 to 97. He coached actually the boys and women, the men's and women's team, um, not at the same time, of course. <laughs> but uh, the combined record for both teams was 135 and 46 over that time frame. Oh wow! Wow! Um, wow! Yeah, at Lafleur, he coached from uh, 2004 to 2010, as I mentioned. Uh, he went to six state final fours, won the championship in 2007, and he was a cre he's credited with developing Demarcus Cousins. Um, some of his other coaching stops include Wright State, Liberty, Southern, Auburn, um, and he was also the coach of the Nigerian women's national team. Um, wow. and he led them to uh, Afro Basket uh, Championships in 2017, 2019, and 2021. Wow. Well, yeah. definitely. That's a resume well, for you right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, one thing about Coach Hewley, uh, that, that, and, and I say those personal because, uh, again, he coached at my alma mater, uh, but one thing about him that, that uh, really resonated with me um he would hold camps and invite different colleges, but he didn't hold camps for just uh, his players. He would invite players from all across uh, the city to come, and he helped get several players that weren't even his own help get them into college. So um, his dope. his character is is far exceeds anything, um, and, and I you know truly appreciate him. Well, um, it seemed like they're really excited about it. I mean, you know. They got a lot of good things going on over there. My, I tip my hat to them. That's my favorite Swag East team. <laughs> it's not fam you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what's up, Roger? How you doing this evening? Dylan, I saw you too, man. Um, something else. Hey, guys, like it. I don't mean to interrupt, Pooh, but please like and share in the chat. Leave some comments. Let us know you're here, you know. Yeah. You know, if you um, want to comment on, on how much uh, grease Ant has in his hair, you know, do that. <laughs> you know, <he> <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, sticking in, basket, in basketball, um, Jackson State, Mr. Misha Williams. Holiday is the first women's basketball player from Jackson State to be drafted in the WNBA, and she is the first HBCU draftee in the last 20 years. She was drafted by the Indiana Fever. Congratulations to her, uh, Coach Reed. That's another notch on her belt. Yeah, um, definitely. I, 
hey, I, you know, I didn't necessarily agree, fully agree, and we talk about this with what Coach Monkey said, but hey, pay that one. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> They heard. He's gonna be able to get any player she really wants. Hmm. All right, Mark Madden's gonna look a lot different next year if you ask me. Mm. So have have so have the season into it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be interesting anyway with uh Shalomi. Shalomi Sanders, oh. you know, joining that roster. So yeah, she officially signed too, if I'm not mistaken. And I keep I keep telling y'all. Everything I've heard about her, because I again when I first heard you first hear, you know, Deion Sanders' daughter going to Jackson State, you're like, oh, okay, she's going there because of that. But then when you actually everything I've heard about her, like her skill set, I can't. I, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what she can do. Yeah. So now this one, Dan, this this one of Daniel kind of stories, um, and, and Miss Love, I don't, you know, talk about it. Grambling volleyball team. Um, some time has passed. Yeah, some time has passed. Uh, but they they hired a new coach, uh, Coach uh, Chelsea Lucas. Um, and the big story is that no players are returning. Um, they got kicked the, off. The, the problem is there. There are two. So and 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 that's kind of what we're going to get to. There are two separate narratives here. Um, hmm. There's a there's a narrative that she cut everyone um, and says she was going to bring in her own players. And then there's a narrative that some just quit. They never, they didn't want to, you know, play for her because she came from, um, what's that? UAPB. Arkansas Pine Bluff. And they, and it supposedly is bad blood between Pine Bluff and, well, uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff and, and Grambling. So, the, it, it, you know, it's the, the one thing that, that, Stood out to me when this story first came out is something you said, Miss Love, uh, when we talked about the Art Brown situation. Uh, Grambling is not putting out a unified story, mm-hmm. and Which the is people- different this time, yeah. I noticed it was a you know, so I feel like they kind of learned like you can't, you have to, you know, get ahead of the story. You know, uh, the AD came out and said basically, Hey, I don't make uh, decisions on who stay on the team, who go, which I mean, that's fair. Um, I always feel like um, because they are students, and we are in charge of you know preparing them and being their mentors. I wish, and this may still happen, just like I told uh, Florida and M last night. We got to start coming to the table and happy to. We can't just keep being in our silos and everybody running with their story and we never have any kind of resolution. That's that's my only thing about that. Uh, I, I would like to see like, you know, a more, hey, we're having a meeting on this day so we can discuss what actually happened and try to find a way to move forward. Because I heard the girls were pretty smart. Academically, the girls had good GPAs and stuff. So, was there, you know, a way that we can still at least try to take care of those that are very close to graduation? Can we, as alumni, and I did bring this up in alumni group, and I kind of got some backlash for it, and that's okay because I understand my mind is, I think this, I said, well, at the end of the day, they're still grand fam. They still want to graduate. You know, I think as alumni, in this, in this way, 
we don't have to involve the school and we don't have to take a position on whether we agree with it or not. We're just saying, hey, as alumni, we're going to help you graduate. Whatever, you know, let's cushion you. And then that way, the school doesn't even have to take a position one way or another. We can dead it. And whoever would actually, whoever would have actually done that was going to come out looking like a hero. And that's what I was trying to get them to understand. Like that would have changed the public opinion immediately about how they look at how Gremlin handled the situation. But I understand that's kind of out the outside of the, you know, the frame of people's thought processes. So, well, it sounds like uh, Gremlin maybe need to put you over the PR department, <laughs> <laughs> or you can get well, him some lessons. I just, you can't keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Definition of insanity. Right? Yeah. Thank you, Daniel. Right now, we have the spotlight on our institutions. Mm -hmm. And I think of it in a larger scale than, you know, the situation that's going on at the time. So I was just, in my head, I was like, well, if the president came out and said, hey, let's sit down and have a meeting. That would have went viral and everybody would have been talking about how, you know, how he handled the situation and came to a resolution and da, 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 da. But I can't speak for nobody else and, you know, their thought processes and, you know, how they should handle it. I just wanted to see the girls still graduate and in a way that let the public know that Gremlin still does care for their, their students. Well, public perception matters. Well, let me ask you this, too. I mean, so did the girls, in fact, throw like a fit? You know, was it really that? I'm not sure as far as any. I've seen the same stuff on social media that y'all seen. Mm -hmm. Now, who is behind the page? I guess it's as good as, good as mine. But um, so I'm not sure about like the things I read about practice and Oh, that because we still haven't heard from Coach Lucas. So yeah, yeah. In, I, the actual, in the actual, I don't think I don't even think we heard from all the girls. No, nah, not all of them, but I know a couple of them. Um, like made written statements and stuff like that. And I think, I think you know, it's it's the it's the old saying, you know, there's three sides to every story, you know, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. You know what I mean? And so, I think that's one of these situations. I think. It's the truth is somewhere in between what we've been hearing from both sides. You know, I don't think Coach Lucas came. And this is just my opinion. I don't think she came in with the, with the whole scorched earth mentality and was just trying to cut every player. But I also don't think that those players gave her a true chance as their coach. You know what I mean? So I think there's somewhere in the middle, and some players didn't want to be there. And she, you know, she had an idea of what she wanted for her program. And if you weren't buying into what she was trying to do, then she was going to find some players who will. And so I think I kind of agree with what um, the AD said. You know, just like the players have a right, you know, to transfer and do what they want to do what's best for them, the coach has that same right to do what she thinks is best for the program. And we, we as fans, we can't be, you know, happy that the players had a freedom of movement and we're getting all these – you know, transfers and football and stuff like that, and then have a problem when the coach wants to do bring in transfers who they think help the program. So it, you got to let the coach do what they feel is best. Right. 
I, I think I think you can almost kind of it's not similar situations, but let's say, for instance, the LSU basketball situation, you know, for the most part, most of not all of their players besides three transferred out. You know, I just think I just think, you know, if you get out in front of it, kind of like what you guys are saying, that's a different way that you can spin it, you know, yeah. to where it kind of works in your favor. And it just looks different than all your girls quitting. <laughs> and come on, I mean, let, let's be real. How many how many programs sign rival coaches and this doesn't happen? Well, well, I, no. I will say this though. I will say this. Um it she she has coached more than just UAPB. She was also at Alcorn. You know right. what I mean? So she she has she's no, she has a a track record in, in in the swag. So it's not like they just hired some random coach and she came in and wanted to do things her own way. You know what I mean? Like right. if, if if the if the athletic department felt like she was the best coach for the job, then the alumni and and she's also a grand grand fam. You know, she played she played at Gremlins. You know what I mean? So grand fam should just support her and do and support the program. Like the all the people who are outraged and you know about what she supposedly did. How many how many volleyball games are they going to attend next season? You know what I mean? How much money are they going to try to help the program by going to those games? Like right. if you going if you're going to be outraged, support. Put your money where your mouth is. Or where hey, you think is that? Said anything, or Brian Kelly came in, and if you were late, you were off the team. Yeah, 
Nobody said selective outrage, bro. Selective outrage, bro. And and also something that a lot of people don't realize: scholarships aren't a four-year deal; they are year to year. So they're not guaranteed neither. And they are not guaranteed. So you can be out of there and be done. You know, if you don't. And that's what I was about to say. Okay, yeah, you want to quit, but how you gonna pay for school? (laughs) You get what I'm saying? Like the, the most important thing, the reason why you're going to college and you're playing a sport. It's to get an education and hopefully do something with that free education that you're getting. You know what I'm saying? So you could be mad that your coach was fired or or your co- another coach came in from another. Or you have disagreements, but don't forget what the main goal is. The main goal is for you to get education. You know what I'm saying? And not only an education, a free education. Why not you just know? transfer like we've been talking about? Yeah, our, you know transfer. what I mean? Like Just stick it out for the rest of the semester and transfer. Yeah. It's the pig coming out right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we we kind of beat that horse, but let, let's bring it back. Something, something, something that's uh, a positive that, that's that's going on. Um, there is, is a historic football game on the horizon. Tennessee State is scheduled to play Notre Dame in twenty twenty three. If I'm not mistaken, that's actually supposed to take place in Nashville. Mm. I have to double check that. Mm. Um, but, you know, um, Tennessee State is one of those HBCUs that's kind of, uh, it's um, it's not regarded the same because they're not in a traditional HBCU conference. They're actually in the uh, Ohio Valley Conference. Is this um, one of those situations where they didn't go through the struggle? Like we're talking no, about no, 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 they, they actually, uh, it's a little bit, and we kind of mentioned it, um, the reason why it's kind of, uh, the reason why Tennessee state is not a, in a traditional, uh, HBCU conference is because, uh, it's kind of out of spite. Um, Tennessee proper in, in Knoxville came into Nashville and tried to open up a campus and then tried to absorb Tennessee state. Tennessee State fought it legally and ended up winning and actually absorbing that campus um, based off of uh, land grant, the land, land grant, grant yeah, yeah their land grant stuff. status and stuff like that, and also claiming um, um, I also um, I forget the, the term, but they basically you know saying uh, said that you know it was a racial discrimination uh, uh, what Tennessee was doing. So in kind of retaliation, uh, Tennessee was kind of to the point of, well, hey, this is racial discrimination. You're only playing other black schools. And so they ended up in the Ohio Valley Conference, you know, to say, well, you know, that, if that's their only stipulation, that's fine. So, But, you know, every year Tennessee State does play uh, two or three uh, HBCUs. Uh, but that's the that's kind of the, the, the story behind that. But kudos to them. Um, yeah, they 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 getting paid a million dollars by um Notre Dame to play that game, and while while yeah it's historic and you know what I mean it's the first FCS school Notre Dame has ever played or something like that you know what I mean but um it kind of go against everything Dion said earlier this year about how he's trying to get away from the money games you know mm-hmm. what I mean because you know your players play one of the money games they get hurt you know and then they they ain't playing for the rest of the season. So or, or the rest of their life. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, like when Southern played Georgia. Right. Um, but um I do I do I do see the positive 
you know what I mean? You know, you you getting a million dollars for your for your athletic department for your program, and you getting exposure, you know, playing against Notre Dame and stuff like that. But at the same time, I see the other side of it, like Dion saying, and we, I'll be glad when HBCUs get to the point where they don't have to play money games. You know what I'm saying? To get that million dollars in funding, but they already got the money. You don't you don't have to. Right you now, have you have to. to. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying right now you do, but that's yeah. why I'm saying I'm ready it's for necessary. them to get to the point where they don't have – like Jackson State don't have to. You know what I mean? They got enough exposure and enough eyes on their program, and they got enough boosters and donors, you know, sending money to their program, but they don't have to play that game. No, you know, it, but every, every, every HBCU isn't at that level, though, and that's right. where – that's where, like Miss uh, Love saying, that's what she's trying to get the uh, NIL collect. You know what I'm saying? When you start having the exposure to TV deals, when you start getting stuff like that, you don't have to play money games. Right. Is, is it necessary? Dan, you say it's necessary. Is it necessary? Yes, it is necessary. If, if, if you're trying to support a program, and not, and we all know for the most part in the South, your football program is the doorstep to your university, right? Nine out of ten is going to be your biggest moneymaker. Please, and Louder, Daniel. Louder, please. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So, uh, in, in this situation, yes, you want to go out and you want to play this game. You know what I'm saying? You want to, but do like, you have to? That's the question. Do you have to? Because last, last, it depends like on last the year, budget of last Tennessee year. State. Was last year Tennessee State played Jackson State? You know what I mean? Just like I feel like you might not make a million dollars off that game, but you play a high, you know, a big, a big money. I mean, a big time game against Jackson State against the, uh, North Carolina A and T or somebody like that. You can make money, bro. You just let's, have to, let's not forget you, this. This 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 goes back to something else, though. It's if a the, business. It is a business, and the reason why the reason why that Tennessee State Jackson State game didn't make money is because the promoter made the money off that game, not the schools. You so, what I'm yeah, and I'm glad. And thank you for saying that because I'm, I'm about to say, I'm about to throw this out every because we talked about we joke off, off mic about what's the bigger classic, you know, Magic City or, or Bayou Classic. But let me tell you this. Not Every year, close. It's not close, though. It's the Bayou Classic. You're right. You're, it's not close, Magic City. But listen. Um, I'm going to be the equalizer on this, too, and I'm going to let you go. All right. Bigger in terms of what? Which one been nationally televised for 30 years? Let me. Okay, hold on. Wait, wait. You are. Which one? Because, so, listen, we weren't going to have this debate tonight, but... I but you right, you us like that. Dog. Okay, okay. Know, okay. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this. You, you are absolutely right. Which one has been nationally televised? But which one ain't been on TV? But everybody know about. It? See, and see, that's what I'm saying. Y'all gotta start looking at stuff beyond face value. Follow. I'm just, them. I'm just saying. So I feel that. But I feel, but, I feel that. But let me ask you this: Do you, do you think more people in Louisiana know about? The Magic City Classic, or more people in Alabama know about the Bayou Classic. Probably the more people know about the uh, Bayou because of the, you know, saying the, that's the my point. So, so my point is like y'all, why, why, why more, why people know about it? Y'all ain't reaching the people y'all could because y'all don't have the exposure. Wait, let, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Now. So, Poobie, is that game televised? It's not. Televised. It is. They do. They do televise it. It's uh, usually on. Um, They'll they'll put it on BET or they'll put it on ESPN or they'll put it on a replay or something. Or it'll be on one of the ESPN channels. And Basically, then who, who's who's making the most money out of this out of out of this class? 
Well, that's so. So here's it. This is where I was getting to. The Bayou Classic. The, the Bayou Classic. That's the better bowl game. If the Bayou Classic is making more. That that's. That's well, so so let me get let me let me get to the point I was trying to make. So, Magic City, I know every every year that they have it, Birmingham as a city makes upward of thirty three million dollars. So, when we're saying you know, and you were talking about, is it necessary to play you know for Alabama State to play um, Auburn, for for instance? Uh, and make that million dollar game. When you have a Magic City Classic, why is that not helping fund your athletic program? Or, or, or I'm gonna give you another one. This year coming up, um, Jackson State, Jackson State, and and Alabama and M are playing in Mobile in the Gulf Coast Classic, and I guarantee you, it's going similar twenty five to thirty to forty million is going to be made. Ms. Love, go ahead. I want to get in on now, Go ahead. Y'all get y'all get way too deep, man. Just go to the game, have fun. <laughs> Turn your team on. Don't be looking at who creeping out the back door with the money. Okay, don't worry. That's been a problem. No. You on TV, ain't you? So why you complaining? They played the game. The, they played the, the the band at halftime. Don't it look nice in here? <laughs> hey, the dome. Oh, we got all these people here. We having a good old time. Don't be well, looking at the well, contract. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We, we, can't, we can't even talk. I don't, listen, I love my grandfather, so I'm not even touching the value plan. Okay. <laughs> well, let me let me let me ask you this though. All right, Pooh. You mentioned how much money um you said Birmingham makes. Birmingham has a city. Yeah. Right, so and I'm pretty sure New Orleans is the same way for the Bayou class. You know I, I mean? completely agree. Right, completely so, agree. So how about this? How about instead of playing the Bayou Classic in the Superdome every year, how about we rotate it between Southern Campus and Grambling Campus, and mm. we let them, we let these schools make some more of that money? Mm. I like it. There you go. They the school. Um, yeah. They they'll say I'm. I'm I'm pretty. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's gonna be a lot of people who don't want that to happen. You know what I mean? They like that trip yeah. to New Orleans every year and all of that. But you ain't gotta worry about renting out. You ain't gotta worry about renting out the Superdome. You know what I mean? You ain't gotta worry about all that ticket money. Don't gotta be split between the Superdome and the school. It goes straight to the schools. And I, and I look at this, right? You get all those hotels that people book in New Orleans. You're booking it in Baton Rouge, in Ruston, right? Or Ruston, you Ruston. know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They yeah, making money you know or, or, or 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 Montgomery yeah. or Huntsville. Yeah, you know or, what I mean. Or, and or, it's the community. You 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 giving the money to the community that the school in, and not just exactly. the biggest city in in the area. You know what I mean? Like right. New Orleans get plenty of money from tourist events. You know what I mean? They could be all right with losing one. Or you negotiate a better contract, no matter where. Well, you you gotta you gotta which, well, that's true. But one way you can negotiate a better contract is by is by you know, hey, look, if y'all don't give us a better deal, we'll just take these games back to our own school. You know what yeah. I mean? You gotta you gotta give them something. You know what I mean? Take care classic in Dallas. Play Prairie View. Grand Prairie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. See that? There you go, right there. That's that's the that's the way to do it, bro. That, that's that's how you get money for your that, like we we talking about the like the biggest two games on Southern I mean on Grambling schedule probably or maybe Jackson State but Southern and Prairie View you know what I mean why we ain't playing these schools at at the campus 
You know what I mean? Like that's money you just giving away. The class you can keep the classic idea and this just be a classic on the campus. You know what I mean? You know it's it's a lot of layers to that. Yeah. Um, a, on both sides of the argument, but and this this this, <laughs> this comment is, is exactly what I was thinking. Shout out to Trey. What's yeah, up, Trey? That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's the only thing, bro. Yeah. That's the but look but look this it go back to this though. If if these schools start getting money, they can start doing stadium renovations, they can right. start making these stadiums bigger, well, they what's can start the, holding more people. What, what what the man said what they said in that movie? They will come. There you go. Well, I know who building and I know who ain't. So mm. that's mm. real beans. But but uh, uh, part of the problem though is part of the problem is it's gonna be somebody that ain't happy with how the cookie is divided, bro. You know what I mean? They gonna That's feel like they slice, they slice of the pie ain't big enough. You know what I mean? So we sometimes we are we are our biggest worst enemy. You know what I mean? So yeah. But see, that, go ahead. I was gonna say y'all see it on my on my feed. I just I just try to be nice. <laughs> but well, yeah. see, that, that's a, how to help yourself. Well, see. That's that, that kind of go. Hey, Pooh, let's wait. Let's segue with this. You know what I mean? We are our own worst. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So we are our own worst enemies. So whenever schools like FAMU and Grambling, whenever they see that they conference ain't looking out for the best interests of all the schools, so they you know take it upon themselves to go get a TV deal. You know what I mean? To give themselves the exposure that they feel like they need, instead of instead of other schools following that lead, y'all try to tear them down. Why? You know what I mean? Like, why? Why not see? Oh, that's smart. They getting what they need. You know, they they went and got it on their own. I can do that too. I don't gotta wait on the conference to find me a TV deal. I can get a TV deal on my own. You know what and, I mean? Like, and, and slow that down. A lot of people miss what you said. They 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 ain't even catch it. So right, you're go saying? Ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. You, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just saying slow it down. So you're saying you're telling me that FAMU and Grambling State have worked out TV deals exclusive to their schools? Correct. Correct. Oh. It's not necessarily TV, so I want to clarify that. Okay. It's the HBC League pass. pass, well, pass. Yeah. It's a, yeah. So it's a yeah. There you go. So so you know, cause streaming is different, right? That's a whole. Mm -hmm. section. I, I'm sorry. You said what is the what HBCU League Pass, which is a free <laughs> app on your <laughs> Apple or Google Store that helps you get immersed in the HBCU experience. Listen, somebody gonna give us a sponsorship. I'm just oh, saying. Yeah. <laughs> Get us up. <laughs> yeah, our, our DMs open. They open. They, 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 they are. <laughs> and they always on demon time. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> that dude is hilarious. This guy here. But no, Miss Love, could please continue. Tell us, tell us about this. Oh, what well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about the, the TV deal. It's the streaming deal. The difference between streaming and the TV deal. Well, Y'all have to separate the, the fact that the SWAC has their, their things and then the individual member institutions of the SWAC has theirs. I'm going to make it real plain. Gremlin is signed, has a deal with Coke. Pepsi deals with SWAC. There's no conflict of interest there at all. So now it's like, I've been reading, I'm like, why all of a sudden we trying to pretend like there's a conflict of interest when you have these other two entities 
that are getting deals on one side and deals on the other side. So I, I'm still trying to, like, I got the bylaws. If anybody wants, <laughs> they got to be emailed. So um, from, you got to think, Grandma has an attorney as president. So hmm. say that again. Say that. Please say that again. <laughs> Please say that again. Yeah. So just, just be, um, just read. Just read for yourself and find out information for yourself. That's all I can really tell you. Um, if you look at it, there are already schools in the SWAC that have street that stream that have networks and stuff like that. They're using a platform to stream their content, mm-hmm. and it has not been a problem. So, when everybody want to argue about what regional, local, telecast, broadcast, and national, so why is it a problem now? Because we are our own biggest enemies. Do you know who is actually behind Urban Ed, I mean, uh, HBCU League Pass? Byron Allen. Ty Brown mm-hmm. is the CEO. And, yeah. I'm going to let y'all. It's on my page. It's, it's all on my page. No, explain it to us. What, what, what does that mean? <laughs> Because well, you know, some so, people ain't gonna go look at that. They, they, okay, they, they, so, <laughs> okay, real quick, y'all. We, this is coming up on the hour, and if you saw that, too. Um, Byron Allen has been making these companies, you know, he had the lawsuit that went to the Supreme Court, correct, settled with Comcast. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, what he was saying is these advertisers are not spending money with black on me, so now. He's in a position to where he's forcing their hand that they have to do it. And that's where Urban Edge Network is just to pass all of their companies because all the black owned media companies. So now able to uh, get, generate revenue for the school so everybody keeps asking, well, where is money coming from? That's where it's coming from. Mm. Uh, Mr. Donald DK. Uh, Kelly asked, uh, he, he asked, didn't Southern just launch a streaming platform? They have the Jaguar Sports Network. Okay. They have the what? I watch the screen game on it. So, um, mm. you, you know something? I'll say this. Um, the, the biggest problem I'm starting to see, um, these platforms are out there. I, I, I had never heard of the yeah, yeah. I have no clue. Well, that's yeah. that's 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 what Ms. Love been saying both times she's been on here. They gotta market themselves better, man. Yeah, they right. got they got they got the stuff, they just gotta let people know what they got. Not yeah. only that, we have to go out and support it too once they start marketing. Yeah, 100 percent 100 percent You gotta yeah. think we we thought we used to have these dead periods, now we don't have that. You gotta mm-hmm. be every day. Every day you gotta be talking about, it. and and it just so happens, handle or not, you talking about HBCU at least every week, which is great. Either way you look at. Yeah, but, but the, the thing, the thing, but the thing about it, bro, is like with the with with social media these days, it's never a reason for you not to have your the word out there. There's too many ways for you to get the word out there. A simple tweet or a simple post, you know what I mean, and your alumni retweeted or shared or whatever the case. That can that can that can do more than any advertisement or commercial. You know what I mean? That can do more than any of that, bro. Think about yeah. it. Again. We got. Uh, if Grandma got thirty seven 
got 37 alumni chapters. If we did this, 10 people coordinate everybody every day, you share something from the band, you share something from athletics, and you share yeah. something from the school. Of, and all of it has to be the official school page. Do you know how far reaching that would be? Listen, crazy. I, I I learned the power of social media when once we started re- like really learned it when we started doing um the podcast and I would share something uh or, or you know say from the Golden Boot Twitter page and all of a sudden it's I mean I look up and we're at you know three hundred retweets I mean I'm sorry three hundred likes you know say fifteen retweets and, and it's you know you know fifteen twenty thirty comments and it's like I where this yeah. you know. Wow. So, yeah, it's it's. I completely agree. That's um, not crazy, y'all. Let me let me before you move on, Pooh Bear. No, okay. Wow. But it's called social media currency. If ain't nobody watching the HBCU league tag, it's not going to be of any value in the digital right. marketplace. Yep. marketplace. So that's how that's how you run that. Like. You gotta stay on. Like you can't. There can't be a dead period this summer to where <laughs> nobody's talking about none of this stuff. You can't treat it like a side business. <laughs> boy, <laughs> boy, you can't treat it like a side. Say that again, bro. You better say that again. Yeah. If, if I don't know if y'all are in, in it, I'm gonna a little excited. I don't know if y'all are in black <laughs> group on Facebook, but they always got time to argue in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they uh, yeah they go back and forth all day, you know, talking about each other and each other's schools and all that. But why y'all can't get that same energy to promoting each other's schools and promoting right. your own school? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, tweet today, band, yeah. athletics, it's something from the official school page. That's yeah. it. And that right. take, take less than thirty seconds. Hey, but not only that, share us, share us. You know what I'm saying? That way we can get yeah. on these streaming platforms. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can, our show can be on there. You feel hey, me? No, no, like real talk though. Not, not, not that's like I know you kind of joking, but real talk. Like support the people who support HBCUs. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know what's funny? I have been looking, and we were talking about HBCU groups and stuff, and trying to share. I have just literally just discovered four or five different HBCU podcasts that I had never even heard of, mm-hmm. you know, until, you know, we start, you know, HBCU, and somebody said, hey, you know, Swacking a uh, Fool, Swacking a fool uh, uh, the one you were just on, ONG, um, yeah. and uh, uh, my man, uh, Down South, Down South Football Podcast, they, they, you know, it's, it's like, oh, I didn't even know about that one. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, hey, check them out. They're good. Yeah. And, and so, it's like if, if again, you know, saying put it out there, share, you know, it, it you know, it, it's a TikTok that goes out, you know, and that's that's it says, uh, why your business ain't blew up? It said, why you ain't share my stuff? <laughs> that's right. Share our stuff. Yeah, you know, what exactly, exactly, that's right. bro. Hey, hey, not only that, not only that, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be real. You know, whenever we, because we are, we do want to bring light to. Uh, mm-hmm. HBCUs, and we do want to bring light to different programs, not just Grambling, not just Southern, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. other programs. So, honestly, help us, you know what I'm saying, like yeah. and share this, you know what I'm saying, because yeah. we do want to get word out, and we do want to make sure these programs are getting the recognition and the athletes are getting the recognition they deserve. 
Yeah, we want to bring and we want to bring other schools on. I'm sorry, Miss Love, for interrupting, but we want to bring other schools on. You know, we want to we want to highlight NCANT. We want to highlight FAMU. We want to highlight Campbell. You know what I mean? All these schools, but y'all got to help us do that, man. You know what I mean? Like we, right. we can only do we can only do so much. Hey, not just that. I want to link up with these other podcasts and and and, and, and do yeah, some content sure. together, like yeah, like hey. seriously. So yeah, for real. Yeah, I'm telling you. I, I'm, You'll be surprised who who want who want to support. You know what I mean. They just don't know enough about it, or they just don't know what it, exactly. Dang, like we all know the story about the dude who went to the Jackson State game. You know what I mean. That that yeah. man gonna go back to a Jackson State game every year. I guarantee you that. You know what I mean? Because he found out how to go support when did it, and now he he gonna probably keep going back. You know what I mean? All we gotta do is keep doing that. You know what I mean? Just bring, just tell them how to get there. And they'll they'll follow mm-hmm. love once they get there. Right. I guarantee you. I mean, I, they chasing the HBC experience anyway, you know, with the bands and the exactly. tailgate and it. Exactly. But that's a topic for another day. So, so, so before we close out, we know the NFL draft is. That's good. Yeah. Um, hey, here we go. Hold up. Put that on the screen. I like that. Yeah. Right. There you go. Yeah. There you go. All right. Exactly. Perfectly said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Come find me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as you know, in, in closing, NFL draft is upon us. Um, we we all know, you know, the the P five schools and the, the candidates and stuff. Who are some HBCU candidates that you're looking at that you think that you think have a chance of getting drafted? A quick glass, of course. Uh, James Houston. Uh, those are my top two. Marquis Shell, uh, who else, who else, who else? That's another, uh, Jacoby Durant in Jackson State. Mm-hmm. Uh, South Carolina State. South Carolina State. My bad. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Southern, uh, or it's from Southern. The Tyree Carter. Yeah, the okay. Carter, Jordan Lewis. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, yeah, I, I agree with you on Marquise Bell though. I think I think him and Jatari Carter definitely. And that, there's a receiver from Jackson State too. I can't remember his name, but I know he had um a lot of scouts at the pro day coming to watch him. So they got two. It's two over there. It's, it's somebody. You talking about cornerback? Is John Warren at Jackson State? It's not mm-hmm. him. <laughs> Let me go, hold on. I'm gonna go find that man name. Yeah, so um he but look, Trey a little biased. He'll he'll a and new man, so he can he can be a little biased on this one. But um but a kill glass. This 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 brought you know saying y'all y'all know I stay with a trivia question for y'all. So mm-hmm. who was the last 
matter of fact, it's a two part. Who's the last um, HBCU quarterback drafted, and in what year? Can we use Google? No, hmm. <laughs> you doing it. You, you doing it anyway, but. <laughs> I don't know if he was drafted though. I think he's he was undrafted. I know DJ Williams from Grand. He was undrafted. I think he was undrafted. Man, it's tough. Um, hey, in the comments, if you know, put it up there. Because I had I had to look through. Well, I looked it up once I saw a kid's last name. I was trying to think who was the last. Um, Matavius Simmons. Mm-mm. That boy, that boy, AD. That's a good guess, AD. Tavares Jackson. Tavares Jackson. That's a good guess. Uh, Tavares Jackson is correct. Yeah, supposed yeah. to be the next okay. Michael Vick. Yeah. Rest in yeah. peace. Rest in peace, T. Jack. Uh, two thousand six. Yeah. Two thousand six. I, I was finna say McNair, but I knew it was somebody. Yeah. T. Jack. T. Jack. Uh, yeah. second round in two thousand six, and then McNair was a uh, number five overall. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, Akil Glass, uh, I know Ms. Love mentioned him, Trey mentioned him, and that, he was on my list as well. Uh, just some stats for him. Um, he was uh, over his career, 923 uh, completions, over 1,582 attempts. Uh, his completion of percentage is 58.3. Uh, but he threw for 12,136 yards. Uh, the caveat to that, he did it in five seasons. However, the COVID season, that spring, he only played four games. So technically, you know, it averages out because he, he only played nine games one year, um, 11, 12, 10, and four. So 46 games total, he threw for 12,000 yards. I'm not gonna mention it's Russian. It's not pretty. Yeah. Right, so, so the the receiver, the receiver from Jackson State, I mentioned his name is Keith Corbin. Um, oh, okay. That's that's I, yeah. But there's also a receiver from Alcorn, who we, we can't discount in the draft. He's been working out with some uh, Deshaun Watson and um, Felix Harper is his name. But he's been working out with Deshaun Watson and Terod Taylor going into the draft. So you know he got Ooh. the right. He got the right tutelage around him, so I'm going to keep my eye on him to see if he can't sneak up on a roster. One name that – go ahead, Dan. I would also say probably Jordan Lewis. Uh, he's probably like the baby Tyrone Matthew of the swag. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 195, uh, pretty explosive, and, you know, he, he's always around the football. So. One, one name that uh, is going to be familiar to especially a lot of our, you know, LSU people um, – Alabama. D. Anderson. He's at Alabama AM. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started off at LSU with the uh, Oklahoma State and then he finished his career out at Alabama AM where he had 12 touchdowns last year. I could see I could see him getting drafted late um uh, mm-hmm. just because of his his frame, you know, his six, frame. Six, six, yeah, you, you, yeah, you can't you, <laughs> you them them six six receivers don't grow on trees, man, especially mm-hmm. when they're athletic like that, you know. So I I can see a team taking kind of like kind of like Stephon Sullivan from uh LSU who got drafted just yeah. based off his size pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So all right. Well, we got anything else we want to talk about, or we gonna we ready to wrap this thing up? Yeah, I just want to mention old boy from uh FAMU who uh put his name in the NBA draft. MJ uh, Randolph. MJ, yeah. 
Correct. Okay. I, hey, best wishes to you. Um, he was the swag player of the year as well. So yeah, so maybe maybe he can pull a Miss Holiday and you know and get drafted to the, uh, the NBA side of you know what I mean. I, I, that's, that'll definitely if it went if it ain't the first, it's got to be one of the few times that a W a WNBA and NBA you know uh, draft both had HBCU player in. Somebody eating some eating they might. Like <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thank y'all for tuning in. Uh, we will be back with some more hot content from HBCUs, bringing it to you from all around the nation. Uh, but on that note, we are out. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.